Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. This is Rick Lupert from the Poetry Superhighway talking to you from lovely Southern California where I've just spent the morning cutting unintentional plants out of my garden. Some call them weeds. <laughs> how, how are all of you? Good, I hope. Uh, we're in the middle of our 13th annual Summer Poetry Contest. Right now, over 200 entries have come in since we started uh, last month, at the beginning of last month. Our judges have been furiously scoring them and sending them back. Actually, uh, I should clarify, they're not furious when you they're reading your poem entries. They're just uh, at sort of a furious pace, I should say. So so don't worry that, that you're going to submit a poem and, and they'll be angry for some reason. That's not the case. I encourage you to enter. Click on Poetry Contest, a 2010 Poetry Contest from the main Poetry Superhighway menu. All the info is there. The, the quick basics, it's $1 per poem entry fee. You can enter as many poems as you like. I send the poems off to the judges once I receive your payment with your name removed. That is, your name shouldn't be removed from your payment, but uh, when I send the poems off to the judges, I remove your name. So they just see the poems. They have no idea who wrote them. And three different judges score them between zero and five points, and I get the scores back. At the end of the contest, someone wins. What could you win? Well, all of the entry fees that we take in will be divided up between the top three scoring poets. So we typically have about 500 entries per year, so the top scoring poet will get half of that money. The second place scoring poet will get 30% of it, and the third place scoring poet will get 20% of it. On top of that, one of our sponsors, Roland Vassen, has donated $500 to add to that pot. So uh, even if no entries came in, the top scoring poem, well, that wouldn't make any sense because there wouldn't be a top scoring poem. But uh, the point being that you're going to get at least half of 500 bucks if you win, uh, and probably, well, definitely a lot more at this point because we have over 200 entries. So we're dividing up about $700 at this point. On top of that, what if you don't score in the top three uh, spots? It's possible, I suppose, that you might not score in the top three spots. Well, we have about 30 different sponsors who have donated a ton of different prizes of specific interest to poets and writers. Lots of people are uh, offering copies of their books. There's uh, subscriptions to different literary journals and online things. There are services of interest to poets and writers. There's photography out there, uh, gift certificates, all kinds of things. So um, but right now there are over 200 prizes which have been offered. And what we've been able to do every single year of the contest and hope to be able to do this year as well is give every single person who entered a prize just for entering. So even if you score last place in our contest, can you imagine that, last place? Not possible. Not you, no. But uh, if you do score, say, not in the top three positions, you will for sure receive a prize just for entering, uh, making it hopefully worth your time to participate in this exercise of participating in the 13th Annual Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. So with that in mind, uh, go to PoetrySuperhighway.com, click on 2010 Contest, and all the info is there on how to how to enter. I hope you do. Um, the deadline to enter is <laughs> impressive. I've forgotten. I think it's sometime in October, October 2nd, maybe, something like that. Um, I recommend entering earlier rather than later. We What I've noticed every year is uh, we have a, a steady pace of entries throughout the contest, 
And then right during the last two weeks of the, of the uh, entry period, uh, tons of people panic and start sending in their poems. And I don't know how that affects the judges, but I can only imagine that uh, it's a little easier for them to score poems during the more evenly paced period of the rest of the uh, entry period rather than the, the large volume of them that come in during the uh, last week or so of the contest. So you're, you're probably uh, in better shape if you enter the contest earlier. Like now, stop listening, enter the contest. I'll wait. All right, I think that was enough time. All right, what else is going on? I'm sorry, that was a rhetorical question. You're not required to answer right now at the radio. Uh, so what is going on is it's our monthly open reading. We didn't have it last month because we had a conversation with our poetry contest judges. It was a really fun conversation. What a spirited uh, trio of people they are. Brenda Tate from Canada, uh, Jim Knowles from right here in the United States of America, and Sean Lindsay, who divides her time between the United States and Ireland. God knows where she is right now, but it was it was really fun. Uh, you can listen to it or any of our past shows. We do this. We do at least one show every month. It's usually this open reading uh, right there on the website poetrysuperhighway.com/pshlive, and you can click on links, which will uh, which will take you right to the show page. Uh, or if you're at the Blog Talk Radio page, you can listen to them there too. You can subscribe to the uh, to this on uh, iTunes as well, which is kind of cool. I haven't even done that, but I know that you can. So say that you're, uh, oh, I don't even know what situation that would that would be good for you, but maybe that's good for you and you know why. So uh, so uh, there you go. You can listen to it on iTunes after the fact or before the fact or uh, any other of the fact things that you have. So call in. Uh, here's the main thing of today. We want you to call in and read your poetry. That's why we're here. The number is 646 716-7362. Call in. Uh, everyone gets a poem. We'll talk to you a bit about what's going on in your poetry community. You'll have the chance to uh, shout out your website or some a book that you've got going or whatever it is that you want to promote. Uh, that's the way it is here. And it's it's uh, it's a lazy summer day, so plenty of open lines for you to call in. It's again area code six four six seven one six seven three. Six two would love to would love to hear what you have to say. If you've never read at an open reading before, this is kind of an easy way to do it. You don't have to actually go anywhere. You don't have to stand up in front of people or be at a microphone. Just pick up the phone and call, and uh, we'll listen. That's it. If we don't, you could use a fake name. You know, no one's ever going to know. So that's it. Uh, let's get to our first caller from the nine seven three area code. Hello. How you doing, Rick? Doing good. <laughs> this is David. Yeah, this is David. Uh, Rommel, you magnificent bastard. I read your book. <laughs> That's a quote from Patton. I love that quote. Well, funny, I, oh. I thought that was a quote from Richard Brownigan because he has a book called... Because uh, <laughs> no. out of context, it's... Uh, uh, it, it seems a little absurd, and and Richard Brodigan, who's my favorite writer, I don't know if anyone else out there listening. Yes, I know Richard Brodigan. Uh, I, I have to read more of his stuff. Yeah, yeah him and James Thurber, my two favorites. Oh, cool. James Thurber as well. Uh, Brodigan is one uh, of your favorites. You said. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I read a, I read a, a little bit of his stuff, and I was I was blown away. 
No, I like blown away. I, 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 I had to finish he's, it. He, uh, he's got a book called Rommel Drives uh, Deep in the <laughs> which is, uh, you know, in all of his writing, you know, is kind of balanced between the absurd, the funny, and the beautiful. And so it's, uh, you know. That's I, why I, I like it. He uses the absurd. Do you That's remember, why I like it. That's a big tool. I don't, I don't know. I don't mean yeah. to put you on the spot, do you, but do you happen to remember what Brodigan title you, you've read? That's the very, that was the very one, the one you just quoted, the one on, on Rommel. That's what, that matter of fact, that's what, that was the amazing connection. Because when you mentioned that, oh, I remembered that book. Hmm. <laughs> on, on Rommel dry, what, Drives Through Egypt, I, I have it here somewhere. Where is it? Where is it here? Where is it? No, this is buried under well, this well, morass. You, you don't have, have to uh, go looking for it for the sake of... of Oh, okay. What, a, what an interesting uh, one, because that's that's one of his. You know, most people who've, who've read Brodigan, that's probably one of the more obscure titles that you you really have to seek out, you know, uh, to to find. But maybe you well, were I, you were there when it came out. I found it. I'll tell you where I found it. I found it in New Hampshire, in a bookstore, and it was like twenty five cents. Really? I, it was like, yes, it was a twenty five cents. I. I found it in in New Hampshire, I think last year, when I went when I went up there. Yeah, it was last year. And I went up there on vacation to Manchester. Wow. Yeah, I go up there every so often to Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah. But anyway, I might as well get right into this. This is somewhat involved. It's called Harbinger, um, and uh, I have a coda at the end that will pretty much explain what it is. It's it's pretty symbolic, but you'll you'll get it. I'm ready. Uh, round one. Is this life dawning or death in pieces? In installments, as parody of two events not connected at face value, except as harbinger to life half empty, as shown by pugilists in Canvas Venue in Chicago, September 22nd, 1927, when challenger in rematch seeks to undo time and resuscitate moribund glory which could not abide as championship was a fugitive, but harbinger in parody. 1,500 miles away, give or take. Round two. That very distance away, two days prior, give or take, enters man-child contender into a world expectant with strife and panic as contender wears belt of contention and crown of disappointment in not being the great Portuguese-American hope. Cast aside to hit proverbial canvas with a crashing splat in Providence, Rhode Island, the conflux of canned immigrant hope for glory in defense of a title which is rewarded with punches and championship belt of hardship and rejection in parody as Harbinger. Round three. Atomic clap of leather glove fist pounding flesh-bearing scar tissue as champion continues tedious dominance of befuddled challenger. Applying the sweet science on the way to scripted victory, he starts the seventh round, outpointing his ancient foe, when the polarities suddenly reverse as challenger's grasp at straw's left hook lands in judgment. Dropping champion to canvas floor like origami as soldier field levitates and contorts in disbelief. Challenger cannot find neutral corner so referee delays count. The long count 
as champion uses every trick to advantage in rising at the count of nine, give or take. No respite for contender in parody as harbinger. Round four. Contender is knocked down before first awareness and to punch back is fitted for goat's horns, donkey's ears, and dunce cap without latitude to question, only to accept the chump's belt around the neck as indentured servant to preordained prophecy and predestined strangeness, since contender cannot understand the foreign speech in his birthland. Still the stranger, as the count reaches nine, give or take, beating it by a breath, but not before he rises, minus a rib, since there is no neutral corner, as punches still rain from all directions in life. The opponent does not stop punching in bunches, and so he must retreat to fields of comfort with buckshot and hound. This is natural and fits better than freshly ironed gabardine in parody as Harbinger. Round five. Could Champion retain title if not for the long count? It is moot as prologue since Champion resumes his attack. The dust from canvas still clinging to trunk fibers with syncopation as leather staccato on freshly snare drum skin. Blood is currency with hematoma dividends since plotting challenger can't reach ubiquitous champion in parody of real contest as contender cannot reach opponent who is illusion of all that he should be but cannot defend against combinations and sticking jabs as judges total scorecards in definitive tabulation of final punch count numbers and power shots with extra point for knockdown. Challenger has lost in pugilistic match, but never in soul warfare, in Spartan sacrifice, in parody as Harbinger. Round six. We move to the championship rounds as Harbinger and contrast his opponent hit below the belt, punch on the break, grab and clutch contender, inflict a telling headbutt, and bite and rabbit punch contender who searches in vain for referee who is one and the same as opponent. And so no disqualification which renders contender as wounded bystander as the machine counts in dispassionate, dispassionate cadence since warrior as pugilist has come back for the last time. The time is snuck up as winter's frost to hang him up in defiance of warrior vanity and quest for glory denied by end of life cycle. We now go to the scorecards for final decision. In final order to DNR as reality has at last met Harbinger. The decision. Champion and challenger bond in solidarity as, as two champions and or two challengers in brotherly friendship. Contender had no such opportunity, leaving one son who is and should never have been, one son who was and is not, and man-child who is and almost never was. This as testimony belt around posterity with end of family bloodline, unanimous on all three of the judges' scorecards in final judgment of Harbinger. Dedicated to my dad, who was born almost on the eve 
of the Tunney Dempsey Heavyweight Championship rematch held on September 22, 1927, the first such event to have grossed over $1 million. This is a parody and contrast of his life with that now famous event. Wow, David, that was uh, quite an epic piece for your dad. I'm, I'm sure he would be uh, honored to, uh, to to know that that, uh, that exists and that you put so much thought into that, to that and, and compared it to that event as well. Well done. Well, uh, every time I watch boxing now, I'm, I'm a boxing fan, but every time I watch boxing, it's like my dad is in the room. So it's, it's, it was emotional. I, I, didn't ex- I didn't expect to get so involved with it, but I did, and there it is. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad there you it did. Is. Um, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for being a, a, a regular force of nature here on Poetry Superhighway Live. <laughs> glad to know. Uh, a ill wind, a clipper. <laughs> yes, we we're trying to blow the fan See on the other Facebook. direction, but that's. Uh, we're, um, See you on Facebook, Rick. <laughs> I, I will look for you there. Take it easy. All right, it? brother. Bye. That's uh, David Barber. Colin from uh, uh, the lush rolling hills uh, of New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, uh, a regular here on Poetry Superhighway Live, in case you haven't uh, gathered that, uh, reading uh, an epic piece uh, about his dad. Uh, good to hear it, David. Thanks so much. The number... To call in is 646-716-7362. There's other ways to call in. Uh, If you go to the website, there's a click to talk button that you can use uh, that works for some people and not for others. I really don't know. I've never had to use it, so I I can't really give you much advice on that. But uh, I think it might work better on PC systems or maybe Macs that are using Intel chips. But that's uh, much more technical than I'd hope to get here on Poetry Superhighway Live today. And I think you can call in with Skype as well, though I know uh, uh, Tomas from uh, Ireland, who's attempting to do so, is having a little bit of trouble uh, with that. But um, there you go. We're going to try to get to everyone today. Again, the number is 646-716-7362. I hear from people in the chat room that uh, that my voice is not as loud as the caller's voice. Um, not much I can do about that. I'm just talking on my phone here, and it's the only one I've got to use. But uh, for next uh, for next month, I'll I'll um, I will uh, hire a crew of people to uh, construct um, a louder broadcasting device, and uh, um, or I'll just go to each of your houses and do the show live from there. Uh, which is uh, that's probably easier than hiring people uh, now that I think about it. Uh, So that way you'll be able to hear me perfectly. So if you could just email me all your addresses, I will show up there next month, and and we'll just get the show done that way uh, so you won't have a problem hearing. Uh, All right, we're going to move to our next caller uh, from the 414 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi, who's this? This is Mary Goff. Hi, Mary. Hi. I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Where in Wisconsin? Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I uh, I fly to Milwaukee once a year to go to a uh, music conference in Oconomowoc, which is, as you may know, about an hour north of Milwaukee or so. Oh, wow. And uh, I think it's one of the finest airports in the nation. Oh, really? Is that sarcasm or truth? <laughs> no, I like it. It's it's uh, This would be of particular interest to people listening, I think. It's the only airport I've ever been in that has a used bookstore. 
and a well-stocked used bookstore. I mean, you know, if you live anywhere, as well, at least in, in L.A., there, there's so many independent bookstores um, that have gone out of business. You know, the one, the independent bookstores that are left are uh, are, are few and far between. And uh, and to 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 see an airport, which is the last place that you'd expect to see such a thing, uh, have a used bookstore that's been there for. You know, I've been making this trip every year for about 15 years, uh, and it's been there every time. Uh, it, it's it's extraordinary. You're lucky, Mary Goff, to live in Milwaukee where you can shoot off to the airport and get a used book. <laughs> well, I've been in the airport, but I, I haven't ran into the used bookstore, so. Well, it's it's right there in the middle. You, you can't Call me next time you go, and I'll, I'll direct you to it. Okay. <laughs> so, Mary, you've, have you, you, you got a poem for us? I do. Um a little shy about it, okay. It's called The Gossiper and the Infinite One. Oh, just start whenever. <laughs> Go right ahead. I'm ready. Okay. Started the whisper by the sexual everything. Silly games drawn out in the living room. Ignorance by the sexual wound. Naked otherwise, the infinite one. To the splatter that comes from his eyes, nor the desire to learn sitting at her feet. Ignorance unlearned, unenlightened, and above. The one whose image of me comes from his room over, oblivious. Learn by the sexual talking about infinity with honesty. I know nothing with honesty. Or his hands down, head bowed, and down the lane. The one that from gray matter did God create and turned on knees. His pants and my hand down, and gray matter head splattered on a single answer, my panties. Watch me masturbate paint or blood. I am seeking. I am. Mary, it's a brave piece to read when you were already nervous. Well well done. <laughs> yeah, you're you're nervous <laughs> because you've not not done this before? Um, I just get nervous just reading any of my stuff out loud sometimes, so I'm just so excited you have, to people. <laughs> so you have had the opportunity to like go to an open mic or something and, and read. Um, yes, years ago, my oldest, he is seven years old now, when he was uh, just born, actually before he was even born, while I was pregnant, I got talked in going to this coffee house in uh, Laramie, Wyoming, and uh, so I read some pieces out there, and then it was only once a month, and I did that up until he was uh, three months of age, and then I moved. So I, I've read pieces out loud before, but I was always very nervous. <laughs> Do you find uh, is this your first time calling, uh, doing this on the phone? Oh no, no. I've I've actually called in um, a couple different times to uh, a couple of friends' radio shows that they have and read some things there. Do you find um, I'm, it's interesting that you're you're nervous doing it on the on the phone? I, I, I suppose it 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 makes sense. I mean, you're you're still sharing a poem, which can be a nerve wracking thing. I mean, even if you were just calling a friend to read it, I, I suppose. Um, d is there a difference to you in doing this on the phone versus doing it in person at an open mic? Um, there is a difference. I, I'm still in a safe area, I guess you could say. In front of people, you you get immediate facial reaction, and you know you feel the body's movements in the room toward the way you read a poem, and you know that can either be exciting or even more nerve wracking. Whereas I just have myself and how I'm going to react and so I think it almost makes it a little bit worse because, 
you know, you're your own worst critic. <laughs> so. there, there's no one in front of you who you can who you can picture in their underwear. <laughs> Just myself, and I I'm not really sure I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. You know, I, I well, one other question on, on this. I, you know, the, that particular piece. You know, you know, obviously had some, you know, imagery that you wouldn't read to your your seven year old child, uh, which is completely fine. Uh, but w- would you read that piece, considering that you get nervous in front of a live group of people, or, or would you choose a different piece? I, I would read that in front of a group of people. Um, you only live one time, and as nervous as I get, I I have to jump out and do it and express myself because when I'm ninety. I don't want to be wondering what if. Well, I know some people in LA who are uh close to 90 uh, who uh or or who were at one point and who used to participate in open mics. So, uh, you're on the right path and I'm glad you called in and and read your work. Do you do you have a, a website or anything or, or anywhere people can check out more of your work? Oh, yes. Um I'm on Facebook. You can find me uh Mary Goff. I have a writer page. It's G O F F, is that right? Yes, correct. Like uh, fish, fish. <laughs> I, I have to spell it for people because some people think it's goth, like G O T H. So, I'm like, no, it's F F, fish, fish, or golf, G O L F. So. Right. When you said fish, fish, I went in a whole other place, but that's fine. <laughs> 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 But no problem. Well, great. So to look up Mary Goff, G-O-F-F, Fish Fish, on, uh, on <laughs> Facebook. And, and Mary, please call in again. I, I will. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Bye. Uh, bye. Oh. Mary Goff <laughs> calling from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a place I get to once a year, uh, not for the used bookstore in the airport, but it certainly is one of the bonuses of going there. Plus the violent femmes are from there. Not that I've ever seen them uh, there before. That's a band, by the way. Uh uh, but whenever I, I go to Milwaukee, I kind of expect that they will be ambassadors to uh, to my arrival. Uh, and though I've never seen them in Milwaukee, I assume that that's what they're doing, even if they're not in my presence uh, there. Moving along, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 818 area code. Hello. Hey, Rick. John Epstein. Hey, John. How are you? I'm I'm good, man. Good to hear you. Good. To, thank you. Good to good to hear your voice on the phone as well. You're calling from uh, Calabasas, is that right? Uh, actually, Woodland Hills. We oh, moved. Woodland. Oh, you moved. Well, yeah. Uh, no one notified me. Well, you know, I was going to have you do the live reading over here, and I couldn't get a hold of you. <laughs> Probably you you lost the uh, the phone book in the uh, in the move. There you go. By the way, I just have to say that last reader was unbelievable, and I really liked the guy before too. That's just when I turned on. It was uh, really the gal in Wisconsin, just really fantastic. So she was great, and I'm sure she's uh, glad to hear that. Listening, being that she uh, was a bit nervous uh, doing that, and and it's a risky piece to read. You don't know, you know, when you read something with such uh, hardcore imagery, you know, what people are going to think of it. You know, it could easily be written off by a listener. For that alone, and uh, yeah, hopefully not, though. And and to hear from you, the very first person calling in next, that you that you dug it, I'm sure is very cool for for Mary in Wisconsin. Yeah, it was just I, I was just really impressed by the raw vulnerability, um, which you know, I mean, it was really just it's fantastic. So um, I'm reading a piece called Courtley Avenue, 1983. 
I share a flat with Christopher on Courtley Avenue. It's lonely and gray. Soon will come the springtime, and Christopher will pass his Series 7. He'll enter a new economic strata and leave. Now Chris is left. I'm no longer just lonely, but I'm alone as well. The meager wages I earn as a security guard are insufficient to shoulder the price of my now partially vacant two-bedroom affair. I'll move upstairs. I'll move my belong. Excuse me. I'll move my belongings and bad dreams upstairs to an unfurnished signal, single. I'll pull my armoire up the staircase by myself, one step at a time, while I squat on my haunches like a one-man rowing team. I'll finally understand the plight of all the spermless salmon amputees driven by instinct. Soon I'll be cooking freebase cocaine in my kitchen, often by the light of my open refrigerator at 3 a.m. The scenario will change from lonely and alone to lonely, alone, and chalk white, ghostly, emaciated, and with vertebrae showing. I will seldom change from my dirty cotton kimono, and the only conversations I keep will be the ones with my late-night black-and-white 12-inch admiral. I will lust for the carpeteria carpet spokeswomen and will scowl at Hugh Slate, the front man for the law offices of Slate and Leone, whose specialty is helping those on the verge of economic suicide and moral bankruptcy. Lonely, alone, and chalk white is no place to call home. Very nice, John, as always, uh, and, and so well read. You, you have such a, uh, an engaging style of reading that just draws people in. Uh, good to hear it. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that comment. It's been a while, too. Yeah, it really has, man. It was great running into the other night, too. It uh, kind of uh, rattled my cage and, and knocked the little cobwebs out of the inner recesses. <laughs> I usually hire someone to do that, but that's... Uh... Sometimes you got to hire out, but times are tough. <laughs> they are. I had to pull my own weeds earlier today. It was. Uh, it was. It, it was tough. That's that's an uh, unforsaken task. Well, God, it's like pushing a hundred, isn't it? Right now. Uh, maybe I um I'd, I'd have to uh, check my my informational sources to determine what the temperature is outside here in Southern California, since I'm inside in the lovely air conditioning. Air-conditioned uh, poetry superhighway live studio. Uh, uh, <laughs> on top of which, uh, I'm tempering even that with an iced tea. So it's uh, there you go. it's hard to say. But John, it's really great to hear your voice. Uh, I hope to see you at the at the Cobalt sometime. Uh, yeah, soon. Soon. My uh, class is going to be over this week, and uh, I'll be I'll be out again. So look cool. forward to that. All right, cool. Thanks for calling. Hey, good to hear your voice, man. Keep keep plugging away. I appreciate your uh, venue. Um, thanks so much. That's uh, John Epstein calling from uh, here in Southern California, Woodland Hills. Uh, uh, familiar to me, uh, not only for his past participation in this show, but uh, he he's a uh, sometimes regular at the weekly in-person open mic I host at the Cobalt Cafe 
uh, in Canoga Park, California. That's every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock uh, Pacific Coast time. Though, uh, since that's an in-person reading, I suppose if you're already in the time zone, you, you would have already figured that out. If you're in Southern California or traveling through, check it out. The website is poetrysuperhighway.com slash cobalt. We have a, a weekly featured reader, uh, 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 an extensive open mic that goes on. Um, that is an open reading. It's, it's not open for other kinds of things besides spoken word or poetry of some kind. Uh, and I publish a broadside, an 11 by 17 poetry poster for each of our featured readers. And you can look at the PDFs of those also at that website, poetrysuperhighway.com slash cobalt. And if you, you weren't aware of that or if you happen to be traveling through Southern California, I'd love for you to come by sometime because uh, you know very often the world of the Poetry Superhighway and the world of uh, Los Angeles poetry uh, don't intersect. And it's always such a thrill for me to meet someone who I've interacted with or who uh, even who I've never interacted with uh, from the uh, from the Poetry Superhighway from the Internet world. So come by sometime. All right. Uh, also, uh, we have a chat room here on Poetry Superhighway Live. If you're on the website, you might, uh, you might see the link to it, uh, and there's a lot of people in it uh, chatting it up, another way to interact with other poets during the live show here. Lots of people in there right now. Moving along to our next caller. Uh, let's see, it says 200 area code. I don't know that that's even possible, but if you possibly just heard something that indicated you were on the air, say hello. Hello? Hello, yes. Hi, Rick. This is Howard from uh, Laguna Hills. Hi, Howard. California. How's it going? Yeah, too, uh, pretty good. Just making a Skype call to you from area code 200. Oh, well, so Skype does work. Uh, in any case, uh, can I read a poem? Let's hear it. Okay, make lemonade from anger, from fear. Burnt pages in the delete file swim in dark waters, killing good ideas. Living lives of anger from fear. Words that could have lived never were part of the story, but should be. Facing fear is not possible without facing anger first. What is fear? What is the greatest motivation to survive? Sharks circle in the open ocean after the sinking of the Titanic. After the sharks ate your leg, the fear turned to anger, and you fought, and you swam. The, fuel, the, fear, turned, the fear fueled the anger. You survived. Wow, great, Howard. Thank you. You you called in a couple months ago, didn't you? Yeah. You were yeah, at a, like an art fair or something like that? Yes. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm continuing to do fairs. Say I still that again. do San I continue, I'm continuing to do art fairs in San Clemente and San Juan Capistrano. Uh there's uh the first Saturday Art Festival in San Clemente and the second Saturday in San Juan Capistrano. Nice. Well, well, I'm glad you called back in. Nice poem. Uh, do, you, do you have a website or anything you want to plug? Sure. Uh, my website is howardyosha.com, Y-O-S-H-A. Excellent. And may I ask you a question for the sake of, uh, because I just don't know because I haven't called into my own show. When you're calling in on Skype and, and I put you on the air, did you hear a, a beep or anything that said you are now on the air or something like that? Did it give you any kind of signal? Besides me? Not really. Uh, when I pressed one to get in queue, 
I ha- I heard something back, but nothing else. You so you just had to basically listen to me and 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 guess that it was you when I said two hundred area code. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds well, now good. I know. Now I know that we're all flying blind out there trying to get on the air. Well, Howard, great to hear your voice again. Thanks for calling in, and, uh, and uh, please do call in again. All right. Take it easy. And take it easy. That was uh, Howard Yosha calling for also from Southern California, uh, from Laguna Hills. Uh, that's uh, not very close to here, um, uh, but it's a fine place to go uh, at any rate. So moving on, our next caller is from the 760 area code. Hi. Hi. How are you, Rick? I'm good. It's Patricia D'Alessandro calling from Desert Hot Springs. Hi, Pat. Good to, good to hear your voice again. Yes. Well, it's a little bit rough today because my asthma has been rearing its ugly head, but I'm surviving and I'm well otherwise, and I have a poem I'd like to read for you. Let's hear it. Tea from Crete. When I offer you this Japanese teapot, you say, no thanks, I have one. And I'm glad that you do, for I use this one every morning now, dropping mountain herbs in the basket from this packet labeled Conevo Toyai, gathered on your 50th birthday, walking across Creek last fall through cypress, oak, and chestnut groves. Blueberries, elderberries, grapes, and wild herbal leaves I can't identify send warm thoughts, and I think of you as I'm pouring boiling water over them and watch the steam rise slowly as they steep to capture flavors from this odd mix of berries that strangely have no aroma. I expect an amber hue and am surprised by the tea that's red swirling over white porcelain, the color of Merlot, reminding me of blood of the fallen through the centuries, Cretans against Romans during many battles, bodies feeding soil where wild herbs grow for tea, the color of Merlot. Venetians trod this ground in the Fourth Crusade and held it, executing Christian bishops in 1821, leaving only a few Muslims alive, known as Turks. My mind is whirling like the tea, only backwards to the time of the Minoans, hiking across those mountains, perhaps in boots like yours. And I think of Katsanzakis, who must have trod this ground, gathering inspiration for his Zorba, where Germans drove the British out in 1941 in the battle over Crete, and now spread summers here, picking herbs for tea, as you did in the fall, where palm trees now bear fruits on which the swallows gorge, instead of flying back to Africa. Farmers plow this land today, still laden with the ancient blood of men, and this red tinge of tea is a cruel reminder yet warms me, even though its flavor sends a tart elixir to my tongue and is more than just a cup of tea 
read as a chalice of Merlot lifted to the memory of the fallen. Patricia, I have to tell you, your uh, voice was not at all an issue uh, uh, with, the, with the beautiful reading of that poem, so it looks like you were uh, conquering the, the asthma. Thank you so much. It, it acts, my voice does this every once in a while, and I sound like Tallulah Bankhead, but I guess that's, that's okay. <laughs> you remember Tallulah Bankhead? Yeah, and she and, had a voice now, that was constant like this. <laughs> I, well, I want to, uh, go ahead, Rick. You're up there with her now, so it's okay. Oh well, I don't think so, but <laughs> I did celebrate Ray Bradbury's birthday on Thursday night in South Pasadena. I was invited to the library there, and I must say I was more than thrilled because he's one of my favorite writers. And his Fahrenheit 451 should be read by every writer and poet alive. And it was a brilliant visit. I had a wonderful time. He he just turned 90, is it? He just turned 90, uh-huh. His birthday oh. is actually on the 22nd. Is that today? Today is the 22nd. Today, yes. Today is his birthday. But they celebrated it at the South Pasadena Library on Thursday. Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, he's he he lives around there. I I remember back when I was in high school, going uh, to high school in the in the in the Pasadena area, that uh, there were different events that he participated in, and that was over 20 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. great that he's still around doing it. I, I read some interesting quotes from him recently, where he was sort of speaking out against the internet. But uh, really, yeah, I, uh, I, it's just something that that he hasn't embraced or 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 discovered, you know, as a useful right, tool right. for himself. But uh, you know, it's probably a, a generational thing, and, and, and that's okay. But um, anyway, uh, happy birthday to Ray Bradbury, and Pat, thanks so much for calling in. Right. I just wanted to mention the poem is from my latest publication, Pox Vobiscum Anti-War Poetry Collection. Great. And where can people get that? Uh, on my email, um, which I'm not on the web, unfortunately, yet, uh, but my email is C-I-A-O-P-A-T-9 at gmail.com. Great. Well, or um, if, I'm also on the web if you pull my name up, Patricia D'Alessandro. Okay. Well, I hope people do that and, and, and get to more of your poetry, and thanks again for calling in this month. Thank you for letting me call. My pleasure. It's Pat D'Alessandro from uh, Desert Hot Springs, California. I've got about five people left on the lines. I'm going to try to get to everyone in the uh, 18 minutes or so that we have left. So um, moving right along uh, to a caller from, let's see here, the 310 area code. Hello. 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 Rick? This is Rick. It's Marie Lecrevain. How are you? I'm good, Marie. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's hot. Thank you very (laughs) much for the – it is hot – uh, for the review of of my latest book, which I oh, was oh well, I, I was glad to do it. <laughs> I was so honored that that you um, took the time to review it and and put it up there and and relieved that you enjoyed it as well. So uh, very cool. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. But your poetry is always great, and I will always feel that way about it, even if you decide to write limericks for I don't know Irish postcards. Anyway, I have a. Not a poem, but a short 
short piece about a poet that you and I both know and I think admire, and that would be Francis Smith. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. called Parables of Francis, Chapter 1. Do you remember Francis used to like to do crossword puzzles? I do remember that about her. Yeah, well, this is about the first time I saw her do one. It was 7 p.m. on Blue Bus Number 1, and I was spellbound by the beautiful, elderly, bearded woman completing a crossword puzzle. The book was angled downward on her knee. Her eyes scrutinized each potential acrostic, like tea leaves at the bottom of a porcelain cup. I timed her at 17 seconds per word. The nano began as the pencil in her left hand landed precisely on the first hollowed-out square. Her eyes darted back and forth as she searched her memory banks for the word or phrase that would fit. The moment the mind connected the next elusive word, the right hand grasped the edges of the book, and the eyes lit up in recognition, followed by comprehension. The left hand swiftly carved letters into the spaces and merged with other words to create a monument to literacy. The old woman looked up and realized she was the object of my fascination. She smiled, stroked her beard, and said, My vision isn't so great. I used to go a lot faster. <laughs> you were talking about people who were nearly 90, and I was remembering Francis this morning, so it felt appropriate. And I missed her very much. Yeah, she she passed away. Was it earlier this year or was it last year? It was last year. God, time goes so quickly. But she was a force in Los Angeles poetry for so long and uh, uh, is definitely missed. And uh, people should look her up online and find her work. And uh, it's Francie, F-R-A-N-C-E-Y-E. And that's a, a lovely slice of encountering her that you just read for us. Well, I would love to see more of her work at Publish. She seemed to have few and far between. Of, of, you know, her poems were few and far between. She wrote a lot, but she didn't publish much. So I guess I'm just putting it out there to the universe that I would really love to see like a big old collection of her work be put together one of these days. But yeah, she that sounds like a great forward. project, and uh, I, I'm sure that uh, there, there, you know, there are people who uh, have enough of her work who could make that happen. Um, so uh, I'm all for it. Well, you um, heard it from me. I'm I'm putting it out there, and I'm hoping other people are listening. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, well, Rick, thank thanks, you so thanks much. so much for calling in. I'm probably not going to start writing Irish limericks, uh, uh, so feel free to you know be as critical as you want with my work. Uh, but uh, but uh, thanks again for that, and and thanks for calling in. Oh, you're welcome, and have a good Sunday. Thanks you too, Marie, uh, calling from here in Southern California. Uh, she runs the website PoeticDiversity.org, which is the lit zine of Southern California. Uh, just put out a new issue uh, a couple weeks ago, and you can see there a review of my latest book called We Put Things in Our Mouths, which is poems I wrote in Europe a couple of summers ago. Uh, very favor favorably reviewed by Marie, and I'm very appreciative of that as well. And it would really help me out a lot if everyone listening can go to my website and buy 1,100 copies of it. Uh, just putting that out there. Uh, moving on uh, to a caller from the 215 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to talk to you again. You're keeping busy? I am, yes. This is Hanoch guy. Oh, Hanoch. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, we've been uh, corresponding. Yes, I of course. I, I know your name from many Poetry Superhighway projects. Remind us where you're calling from. I'm calling from Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. And uh, I, to switch the the emphasis on California. Thank you. And I'd like to read the poem that will take us into space. I'd, I'd love to hear a poem like that. Go right ahead. Divorce Galaxy Style. 
two galaxies pass each other unnoticed, awkwardly gravitating lust, dizzy, bump and merge. Honeymoon of 700 million years spent brightly. Galactic nuclei switch on, gain, large masses. After 250 million years, attraction fades, magnetic fields fizzle. Black holes shrink into fists, explode, leave a faint light in the Milky Way. Very so this nice, is based huh? on a scientific piece that I've read, and this really caught my attention. Well, that's great. I know, you know, I, I, I don't, this is a strange connection, but I just watched the movie 2012 last night. Uh-huh. Uh, kind yeah. of a mindless piece, mostly, but but fun and enjoyable, uh, nonetheless. And and they kept thinking that we, they were heading to to save themselves to ships that were going to take them into outer space. So I was. Just you know, for some reason, it just connected to me the whole concept. Even though that wasn't ended up what happened and happened, but uh, anyway, um, great to hear it, and and I'm um, good to hear your voice again as well. And thank you for de Californian California Californiaizing the show. <laughs> we'll we'll be in touch. Okay, good to hear it. Um, You're here from. That's a Hanukkah guy from uh, from uh, Elkins Park, Pennsylvania. Kind of moving through people quickly. I've got ten minutes left, and I've got four people. I really want to try to get to as as many of you as possible. Uh, so moving right on to a caller from the 704 area code. Hi. Peace. This is Quiet Storm with Spoken Word. How you doing? I'm doing well. And where are you calling from? Calling from Huntersville, North Carolina. Huntersville, North Carolina. Great. Well, let's hear your piece. All right. I cry because it has been 24 years since my sister last breathed. Life. I know she's with the Father who art in heaven, but I hear my inner voice cry out, Why did you have to leave me? I miss you always, shortcake. I cry as I travel from point A on my way to point B. I see what looks to be an elderly woman with badly swollen ankles, invisible soles on her past beat-up shoes and teeth, that looked like she brushed them with charcoal while sitting under a bridge of homelessness. I cry when I see a child wearing clothes three sizes too small, cheeks sucking in from lack of nourishment, and a face so battered, so bruised, it looks as if he just escaped the Holocaust. I cry because in this land of excess and government waste, there are far too many seniors that have to choose between buying necessary medication or buying necessary food to sustain life. I cry and shake my head in anger and disgust because, no matter how many times she filed charges, obtained restraining orders, and moved away from him, he kept finding her. And sadly, this time he declared, if I can't have you, then no one can. Now, both are no longer among the living. I cry in aching side because there are war veterans, especially those that suffer from post-traumatic stress syndrome, that still to this day don't have a permanent home address. I surely cry and go to that what-the-hell state of mind when some bumpy gums try to say that any rape victim brought it upon themselves because of their outer dress. You see, there is a jacked-up, bizarre-world mindset when the victims become the perpetrators. 
I get pissed to no end because still, in 2010, I'm the continual object of racial profiling as I walk from my home to the neighborhood convenience store with a pocket full of green, silver, and copper. My spiritual stomach churns as I see so-called ministers of God living in gluttony, pockets overweight with the money that should be going to the church and benefiting all of God's people. Instead, we have members of congregations struggling to meet their basic needs and preachers looking to buy their second beamer. Sexual perversion among church leaders is as rampant as getting a strong whiff of pepper just before sneezing. I cry because our world is in tremendous pain and in need of healing. This is an expression of thought by one called Quiet Almost Spoken Word. And this is why I cry. Nice reading. Very very uh, spirited, as someone put in the uh, in the chat room just a second ago. Uh, good, good to hear your voice on this show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, cool. You got a website uh, uh, you, you want to give really quickly before I get to the next caller? Yeah, um, I can be found at www.qstormofspokenword.webs.com. Cool. All right. Well, please call in again, and uh, great to hear that piece. All right. Thank you. I'll right, be back. Take... <clears throat> Good to hear. Good to hear. That's a caller from North Huntersville, North Carolina. Uh, moving right along to the uh, 618 area code. Hello. Yes, hello. This is Reese. I'm from the St. Louis area. St. Louis. Okay, cool. My mm-hmm. uh, wife's family used to live in St. Louis. Spent many yeah, trips I, I... there, uh, had it, get, getting to uh, getting uh, to visit them and, and, and having Ted Drews. Oh, well, you have to have Ted Drews. I mean, you know, we had it the night before last, actually. My daughters and I love custard. <laughs> it's good. You can't yeah. get frozen custard out here in Southern California. I immediately looked uh, for it, and it just ain't ain't to be found. Oh, well, you know, it's, I have it far too regularly here, I must admit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually live on the Illinois side, but, you know, it's worth the trip over there to get it. So. Well, we won't hold that against you. <laughs> Thanks so much. So All right, is, um, let's hear your piece. Okay, um, this one is called Fishing in Winter. Muddy worm held between two fingers, and our giggles carried like the wind across the pond waters before us. If I catch a fish, I will let it go, I said with mock defiance to my sister, two years older but older than her days of calendar. I can't kill the worm either, so you will have to do it. Taking the wriggling thing from me and laying it out flat in her hand, we both stared transfixed as it balled up. He wants to be free, I think, she said, looking with a tent upon the water, tears and eyes, but refusing to let them spill over. Shivers from breezes not external shook us both as dusk held off both of our decisions. Minutes passed, while God turned his indulgent gaze away from us, though only briefly. Our eyes watched the movement of a turtle slowly climbing atop a failed sapling. We could drown ourselves here and no one would look for us, her voice barely audible. The worm shrunken atop the lines of her palm rolled slightly. Okay, I said, but let's let him go first, please. This, 
I had to say twice, as I thought the lack of response reflected her not hearing my whisper. Nervously, I looked in over rounded shoulder towards the house I knew to be deserted. She kneeled down upon sunken footsteps freshly made, and I set the worm gently into one of the tracks. It's too cold to drown today, sis, so we'll, we'll wait until it's summer, okay? She rhetorically asked without need of answer. Helping her up from the ground, we walked together, arms linked in familial solidarity. Trudging through tall grasses, we headed towards the cornfield, our favorite hiding spot. We began singing quietly in sibling unison. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. Death postponed needs no explanation, and neither did our pain, not to each other at least. I turned to whistle for our two puppies to follow, but they stayed there, resting on the banks, without ever bothering to look towards us. That's the piece. That's so sweetly read, too. I was really just there with you and all the different images that you that you put out there. I'm I'm... I'm watching the turtles, or they're watching me, I'm not sure, but I can see the turtles. Oh, that's great. It's always good when someone can visualize the words that you've written. Yeah, well, I think that that speaks to uh, the words that you uh, chose to write and and, uh, and how sweetly you read them as well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to do so. No problem. Do you have a a website or anything, or how can people get to know Um, your work? Um, yes, I do. You can reach me at twitter.com backslash um, R-E-E underscore C-E-E. Or um, I do have a um, a blog spot as well, which is poetic and animorata blogspot.com, which is, of course, P-O-E-T-I-C-I-N-A-M-O-R-A-T-A dot blogspot.com. So. I'll well, put it I, in the chat room yeah, as well. Yeah, do that so, so, so people can, <laughs> yeah. can click over. That's another benefit for people listening, going into the chat room. Very often the links that are set, said on the air get typed into the chat room, so you can just click them over because it's sometimes hard to, to get them when they're when they're talked about. You might not have a yeah, time frame certainly. or whatever. It's a, sort of a weird amalgamation of, of the Internet and actually talking to someone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Reese, thank you so much. Uh, you you had, uh, you had asked in the chat room. In fact, what you know, you tried to go to the Poetic Diversity website. Mm-hmm. I, I saw, but it, it's .org, not .com. And I realized I oh, okay. I didn't it, that you were talking on on the line here when I responded to you. So you might might have missed that. <laughs> All right, I'll check that out when I go back in the room. Great. Well, thanks so much for calling Hi. in. Enjoy thanks your piece. Again. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I see I've got two more callers on the line, 614 area code and 707, but unfortunately uh, there's only a minute left in the show and we're just not going to have time to to get to you. Uh, uh, blame it on the success of the show, I guess. Uh, uh, call in earlier next time, I suppose, or or uh, email your fury to the people who read longer pieces and, and tell them that uh, they, you know, I don't know, whatever. Tell them something. For God's sakes, um, I think I've said for God's sakes eight times uh, in this show, and perhaps never on previous shows. So write me in and complain about that if you would. Uh, our next show will be at some point next month. I haven't picked the date yet, uh, but thanks to everyone for calling in. This was really a great show. 
so much good poetry from from all over uh, the United States. Uh, uh, definitely California centric, but I appreciate those of you from from outside of California. Um, uh, helping to even it out for uh, the rest of the country. Um, enter our contest. Find out more information about that at poetrysuperhighway.com and uh, click on the contest link there. It's an awesome thing. Thanks again to everyone for tuning in to Poetry Superhighway live this month. Uh, talk to you again. <laughs>